I'm Luca Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. Yeah. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined for the second time. Hey. My guest. He's Mavs Highlights on Twitter. What you got for me, Bo? Nick, four straight L's, man. It doesn't feel as good as 12 W's out of 16. I got to be honest. Uh, The last 10 were five and five, but those four L's are stinging. It's a a nasty aftertaste. (sighs) Ah. Definitely not. Definitely not. It definitely doesn't feel good. But there are definitely positives in this game we can look to. Uh, and then there's just some weird coaching decisions and just some mm. weird substitutions and, and rotations. So we're going to get all into this game. We're going to get into the Mavericks' uh, 121 to 125 loss to the Clippers in L.A. We're going to get to Luka's 32 points. L.A. Luka finally showed up. <laughs> finally, <laughs> finally had a good game. I'm excited about that. We'll get into why Maxi. Didn't get into the game until the fourth quarter, and that Maxi Sala weird lineup. There's a lot of stuff in that, uh, and we're recording this right after the game, so quotes are coming in. So we'll interject with some stuff as soon as it you know starts coming in from LA. Um, all right, Bo. So man, this game really came down to it, it was a wire to wire game pretty much. Like like it kept going back to back and forth, back and forth. Mavericks would go on a little run. Mavericks were leading most of the first quarter. And then the Clippers kind of took control in the second. They held pretty much the whole third. And it was kind of going back and forth. The Mavericks would, could come back a little bit. And then the Clippers would hit some shots. And Montres Harrell went on that crazy run, you know, in the, towards the end of the, the uh, first half. And then all of a sudden, it started going the Mavericks' way. And the Mavericks were getting control back when they put in this lineup of Maxi and Salah. And they had the, the defense was just locked down at that point. The the Clippers couldn't get anything going in the paint, which, of course, that's exactly what you have when you put your the teams, literally the team's two best rim protectors in, in the game. Right. You would expect that the you would expect that the uh, the paint would be locked down, and it was. It completely was. And so the Mavericks are, are, take the lead, and then the Mavericks just oh, they go on this. The Clippers go on a 10-0 run in the fourth quarter, for basically from. Um, what was it? Three minutes, just just under four minutes to one minute. Just this this two minutes, this three minute stretch of just the Mavericks couldn't hit anything. They were trying these these weird things and spreading the ball around, and that's just not the time to spread the ball around. We've gone over this over and over again. And then the Clippers were three or four from the field and four or five from the free throw line, and that's kind of where the game that's where the game went to die. Basically, the Mavericks had a chance; they were in it, and then when it came. Into crunch time, clutch time again. They, man, they squandered it. Man, it was, it was, it, that last part was tough to watch. The rest of the game, there were some good moments, but that last part was tough to watch. Yeah, if you can take a step back, right, which is hard to do as a passionate fan or just an invested viewer. Uh, if you can take a step back, it's a, it was a fun game, like you said, the back and forth. There was ups and downs. Uh, there was inter- interesting kind of you know uh, roster decisions being made and some that we wanted to be made that weren't being made. Um, but it was a fun game, a good game. We were on the wrong side of it, of course, but, uh, an entertaining game. If you're just here for the entertainment, then you got your, uh, your money's worth for sure. Uh, but for those of us that are pulling for wins for old Mavs land, uh, yeah, it was tough. 
And, uh, and like you said, a late game execution, uh, guys taking shots. We wouldn't really necessarily want them taken guys being in the game. And you're like, why isn't another guy in the game? You know what? You, so you just have these questions that kind of loom. If you're like an invested viewer and not just someone, you know, uh, trolling uh, on, on TNT or something, just wanting to see, uh, Ooh, the, ne- the next, uh, the next, uh, Weber misspeak or the next time Marv calls, uh, Luca Dunchich or something. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I guess you, if, if you would, if you were taking a shot every time Luca's name was mispronounced tonight, you would be like an ambulance for for alcohol poisoning right now. I have you the would list. Be so out. I have the list, and I'm gonna make a video on it. I think you all, should. All the different tonight ways. Crazy. All the different ways Marv Albert mispronounced Luca Doncic's name tonight. <laughs> How many were there? Okay, in the first half, he's, he was calling him Donk Itch. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he, like was going, he, like was he was going. He was halfway to Donkey. Yeah. Yeah. He was going full Donk, and then. In the in the second then in the second half he started going to uh, Dunchich like like Dunkirk almost but like he was doing the Dun at the beginning instead of Don but he had the Chich right he he switched that up um, he did Dunchich one time he put the extra T in there he's a Dunchich. Mm. Uh, he said he did dun chess a couple times oh my gosh I, I missed dun chess he did dunk itch which is different than dun than dunk. It's different Dunkage. than it's different oh, yeah. than Donk Itch. No, Donk Itch sounds like he's trying to give him a cool nickname. Like, yeah. oh, Donk Itch. Donk Itch. There, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, man. It was, and then he was calling Rick Carlisle Rick Kylile. Oh man, <laughs> Marv, oh, man. man, he's the uh, he's he was the voice of the NBA for a while, but I don't oh, know. For, forever. Yeah, I just looked it up. He's seventy-seven. Yeah. It might it, the game might have maybe passed him by. It might be a good time for him to you know. <laughs> Do do you know maybe a handful of ceremonial games a year or something? Not be your you know your your main guy on TNT anymore. Yeah. So. Donkich, Dunkich, Dunchich, yeah, <laughs> Duntich, and Donchus. <laughs> there was one time where I don't know if they had a producer whispering in their ear, uh, but like one of the times he mispronounced it. Like very quickly after that, Chris Weber correctly pronounced it. It was always like, "Here, here, uh, Grandpa, let me help you back on the on the sidewalk here or something." It was just I felt bad for him because he's like you said, he's an announcing legend in the yeah. NBA. Uh, I mean, my entire life, Marv has been you know pretty much the voice yes. of the NBA. Yeah, he's on fire and all that. <laughs> uh, and so yeah, it, it's kind of sad a little bit, but it's also funny, you know. Oh, it's like, so funny. They just need to like have a giant stick stickum note or a little sticky note somewhere in front of him. It just has it phonetically like right out there where it's impossible to, to miss. Uh, but I, I don't know. All for not. It's okay. Oh, gosh. So funny. Um, man, okay. So let's talk about the, the biggest thing is the biggest question I'm seeing on Twitter right now is why Maxi and Salah, uh, the whole game I was getting people tweeting at me, why isn't Salah, why, why isn't Maxi playing? Is Maxi still hurt? Because Maxi missed the last game um, because of a. The toe, right? The toe injury, yeah. And yeah. so that was my guess that he wasn't going to play. But then I saw him on the bench. He wasn't in street clothes. He was in yeah. the warmups. He was he was out there. We didn't hear anything before the game. At least I didn't see anything. I don't know if you saw anything before the game as far as a report saying that he was available or that he was questionable or anything like that. And so then we don't get any Maxi <laughs> the whole game. We get yeah. the we get the Dirk experiment again at the end of the first quarter and then into the second quarter. We get that. Uh, how many how many minutes of Dirk do we five get? five minutes of Dirk tonight? Five total minutes of Dirk tonight. Didn't only took one shot, and missed it. Yeah, so I think it was his first scoreless game since two thousand three. I think yeah, I saw. no no points, no rebounds, no assists, 
no turnovers, no blocks, no steals. He had one missed shot. And no chance on Montrezl Harrell. Oh, my gosh. That's, that was the most important that's zero the, right there. That's the worst player to ask Dirk to guard. Like, the, oh, just dude. the worst player. He's so quick on his feet. He's so yeah. light on his feet. He is everything that we love about Dwight Powell, the athleticism, you know, the quickness that he can get around the rim, just the, the effort, all that stuff. Montrez Harrell is that and and then some like just yeah, he's, so he's much got, more. Yeah, I was gonna say he's got a little more dog in him than Dwight Powell. Dwight, you know, a, a polite Canadian uh, gentleman and all that, but <laughs> but Montrell get in there. He's got he'll put that shoulder in you. He'll growl at you. Yeah, he'll he'll do some barking. I I, I love yeah, um, man. Montrell's so it, that was that was sad to see Dirk get. It, it's it's gonna be it. You know, even I think once he's you know quote unquote fully back. It's it's gonna be slow. It's gonna be rickety. It's gonna be forty year old Dirk. You know that's what it's gonna look like to some degree. It'll get better than that for sure. But the defense is is gonna be bad. It's gonna be rough. You're gonna have athletic, strong guys going at him. So then you know? we so then we get Maxi and Salah that check into the game. Yep. Um, Maxi for seven at, minutes. Salah for eight. Tonight. Yeah. At the beginning, of, right at the beginning of the fourth quarter, it just seemed like. You know, at the end of the third quarter, things weren't really working out. Carlisle didn't see what he wanted to see. And so at the beginning of the fourth quarter, we get um, Salah and Maxi at the same time, which is kind of weird because Salah really hasn't played at all this season. Oh, yeah. And Maxi has lost minutes to Dirk, but then then Maxi didn't play in the third quarter either. So it was just this weird thing. Maybe he was limited in minutes. That would be my only guess is that with, with a toe injury like that, he's limited in minutes, but he didn't look bad out there. And that's no, one yeah, of the things yeah. – that's one of the things as fans and as just, you know, people watching that aren't there. You, you hear that these guys are injured and then they go out there and they play like nothing has happened. So you think, man, where was this guy? Where is this right. guy the whole game? Um, but but we get Maxi and he I thought he played really well. I thought him and Salah both, you know, gave a lot. Yeah, no, I mean, well, Salah is always going to do what he does. He's going to get in there. He's going to irritate people. He's going to be quick. He's going to be a high-effort player. He's long. He's tall. He's aggressive shot blocker. He's aggressive defensively. He's also maybe sometimes to uh, the negative of the team, an aggressive offensive player. But even tonight, I mean, he made a couple of buckets. He was, uh, yeah, he was two for two tonight from the field. And they were close close to the rim. They were good They were good plays, good shots for him to take. Uh, but Maxi is a different animal than Salah. Like Salah, I think will be solid in the league as a third string center. Like I think that's his that's his, you know, future in the league yeah. if he hangs around, you know. Uh, if he stays in the NBA, uh, he's going to be a third third string guy. Uh, but Maxi is a different cat, man. That Maxi gets in there, he has quick feet, he's long, he's quick off the floor, um, and he challenges shots, he doesn't foul. Uh, did you happen to get to read the the really excellent piece on him um, by, from uh, Jake Kemp in the Athletic about how he leads the league in defi- de- defensive efficiency right now. Um, I mean, like he, he's he's just a really all the like those those next level stats point to Maxi as being a real difference maker defensively. And I mean, I think even if you don't know all those interesting stats, like the fans that are watching every game, they they see the energy of the game when Maxi's out there. And I think especially like uh, Maxi and Powell out there together, they are just high energy players. They're all effort all the time, uh, both with a lot of skill. I would say kind of almost almost uh, two sides of of the uh, of the same coin. Like you know what what Powell brings offensively, all that electric, you know, dynamic, you know, rim rolling, dunking, all of that. Uh, you know, Maxi brings to the defensive side where he's challenging shots. Like he just never makes it easy on anybody. He's grabbing tough rebounds. He's he's you know switching on smalls and not getting beat by them. You know, it's, he's just a really really great. Um, defensive player. I mean, not great. He's a really, really good defensive player. By the end of this season, 
I feel like we'll know if, if Maxi Kleba is like a legit, I mean, I'm not saying he's top five defensive player or something like that, but like we'll know if he's a great defensive player in this league by the end of the season. Cause he, all, all indicators point to him being like this really, really impactful defender. And if he can get those shots to fall, uh, he's going to be in for a payday. I mean, it, it, I, I'm excited by, by Maxi Kleba. I really am. Uh, why they didn't get it put in until the fourth, like you said, unless you have some insight or unless the quotes are coming out on Twitter, like I really just don't know. It was a head-scratcher for me. Yeah, I've, I've been looking for him. I haven't seen anything, so I'm assuming that no one has any answers. <laughs> right. Man, I, but- just ho- I just hope Rick, Rick gets asked. You know, sometimes he's, yeah. I mean, he's always bristly with our media. He's much more friendly to the national media and, and the opposing media, I feel like. Uh, and maybe that's just, you know, his way. That's fine. But uh, I hope they ask. I hope that question gets out there, you know, because I, I want to hear the answer. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And you wonder what exactly they're doing right now. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, let's talk about something good. Let's talk about Luka Doncic, man. Or, or Luka Doncic or Luka Doncic or however you say it. Luka Donk, Donkey Itch. Okay, let's talk about Luka. All right, Bo. Luka Doncic. Holy that is cow, the man. Correct pronunciation, yes. Just just making the Clippers look silly out there. He was throwing the fake passes at half court. Avery Bradley looked like man, Avery Bradley, okay, he plays some hard nosed defense. He has not yeah. had a good year this season. All the all everyone on Clippers Twitter that I was seeing, which Clippers Twitter is not very big, but there, oh, really? there, there are some Clippers Twitter people out there were saying, get Avery Bradley off the floor. Why is Avery Bradley playing? They all want Tyrone Wallace to play over him. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. Which is just kind of an interesting thing. But 32 points for, for Luca, four rebounds, five assists, four steals. Bo, have you seen my tweet that I just sent with the last seven rookies to have a stat line of 32 points? Don't look it up if you're trying to right now. No, I'm not. Of 32 points, four rebounds, five assists, and four steals. The last seven rookies. Try no, to guess. I, I... Try to guess any of them. So with that hit Lucas stat line tonight, yeah, thirty-two uh, points, four boards, five assists, four steals in a single game steals. as rookie. Okay, so definitely LeBron, right? Definitely LeBron, LeBron is one. Yes, there's a, there's another MVP on this list, a recent MVP. Uh, Harden. Yeah, he. Oh, Westbrook. Westbrook. Not neither of those guys. He shoots very well. Oh, Steph. Steph Curry is the okay, the last sense. one to do it. Is Steph Curry? Then LeBron okay. James. And how then, far are we going back? Yeah. The next three you're never gonna get ever. Yeah. Um, okay. I'll tra- I, I'll give you a hint on this one. This player was what Dennis was compared to right as he was drafted. He played for the Rockets for a long time. Played for the Magic for a while. Stevie franchise. Stevie franchise. Yeah. Uh, all right. The other, the one before Steve, uh, Steve Francis, I'd never heard of. His name's Travis Mays. He played for three years in the NBA. Don't know him. Don't know. <laughs> I him. never heard of him. Uh, Mitch Richmond is the next okay. one after that. Yeah, that's a, he's a great player. Sure. Okay. I would And then the him, seventh yeah. most recent rookie to put up a line of thirty-two points, four boards, five assists, and four steals in a single game is the greatest player to ever play basketball. Michael. Michael Jordan. Jordan. He did it like. Six or seven times. All these other guys did it once. Michael did it a bunch of times. Some would say he's the second greatest player in the history. I'm just, you know, uh, so, well, yeah. he, however you think, the greatest player put up is on that list. As a rookie, it's on that yeah. list, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Whether it's and, Steph or, or Michael Jordan, and I, I would almost venture to guarantee you, none of them, except for maybe LeBron, was as young as 19 years old, right? Right. Like all, all those other guys are in their early 20s or 20, something right. like that. Right? So I mean, like, let's. I know that's a point that gets floated regularly, but I think it's one that's worth mentioning. And, you know, like I said, I've said it so much that I'm sick of saying it. he's only 19. He's only 19. 
and he's doing these things. Like it's one thing, like you said, when Jordan, I think Jordan was 20 or 21 when he was doing this, his rookie season, yeah, a couple of couple years in college, right? A couple of years older. Um, and so 19, man, just like, that's so like, I just, are you, are you as giddy as I, I mean, like, I'm just giddy. Like it's, it's the one thing that like, I remember last season that where it was just the trash dumpster fire of a season, like where we're just losing, losing, losing. And then at one point, you know, eventually just losing on purpose. Uh, whether they admitted that or not, uh, just a, a good Dennis game would just kind of give you a little like, yeah, okay, okay. But like Luca, it's two levels beyond that. Like it's just like this guy is it, man. He he really could become the best player on a team, you know, uh, competing for a championship. Like you just watch him, and you're like, okay. And, and I said this before, and I just want to keep saying this. I think it's really interesting and, and worth holding on to, which is the things here do he's doing, the things he's doing to succeed are not like luck or fads or, oh, the legal figure that out. Like, no, he's just making tough shots in the paint. They're contested. He finishes them. He's a, he's great around the rim. He makes these, you know, difficult step back threes. Now, you know, I'm sure that'll fluctuate up and down. That's a tough shot. Uh, but like he just he's a tough shot taker, a tough shot maker. I love, and I know you do too, I love the ball in his hands. I love just empowering him and saying, all right, you know, whether you want to call it point Luca or whatever, I, don't, I love saying, hey, Luca, take this thing forward. Let's, let's drive the offense for the next few minutes. I love the, how he makes decisions. Um, I mean, he, he's just a next level player with a ceiling that is, you know, as, as high as just about any. Not, I'm not saying he's, you know, LeBron or KD level ceiling. I don't think he is just athletically, but skill wise, size wise, vision wise, shot making, uh, b- basketball IQ. Like he has almost everything you need to be one of the very best players. And it's and, and you're seeing it at 19, which is, you know, I, I know I'm kind of sounding like I'm foaming at the mouth, but like it's just it's nuts how good this kid already is and how good he could be in the future. <laughs> and over his last 10 games, um, 8.6 free throw attempts per game. He's getting yeah. he's getting a line yeah. a, a ton. He got the line again tonight, thirteen times. Uh, man, he's he's getting the whistle and the, these foul. I mean, there are these are fouls. I will stand here and be as subjective as I possibly can and say he is getting fouled. I mean, every time he drives, and there's a couple times tonight he got fouled and didn't get a call. There was the one in transition where he hit the layup and uh, Avery Bradley was right in you know right into him and he was kept putting his arm next to him, and kept kind of like throwing the chicken wing out there and sure. didn't get called, but uh, I mean, getting to the line a lot. And man, we, we keep bringing up these things every single, every single week, it seems like, or every game where it's like, Luca did this, that no one else has done. Luca done this because eventually if anyone out there is still listening and doesn't believe that Luca is a great player and is going to be, you know, the next, whatever, um, we just want to keep telling you and keep reiterating that he's doing things that, that barely anyone has ever done before in the league. And yeah. uh, it's awesome. It's just it's great to see, and that's the hope. When you go on four game losing streaks like this, and there are times tonight when Luca looked like a rookie. There are times when Luca looked, you know, he, he made a bad decision here or there, um, but he's just doing things that, that we've never seen before, and it's, it's pretty awesome. No, it's crazy. It's crazy how good he could be, how good he already is, and how good he he should become. You know who else is really good? Tell me, JJ Barea. Oh my gosh, dude, he's the little back. wizard. Yeah, he's back. Absolutely. JJ Barea off the bench, nineteen points, three boards. Eight assists off the bench. Um, he was minus eight for the game, but most of that was in the in that fourth quarter stretch that I just mentioned. Uh, man, JJ was hitting some good shots tonight, and when JJ is hitting his shots, this Mavericks team has a chance to be in in literally any game they play. Anyone, yeah, they can they can beat anybody. Absolutely. Devin Harris also. And there's a stretch when Devin Harris was throwing up anything, and 
<laughs> was going in. Yeah. Uh, he had 13 points off the bench too. The two together, the ice climbers, they're, they're something <laughs> else. And it's, it's great to see them play together and play well. Yeah. I mean, they scored, what is it? 32 points between the two of them tonight, between JJ and Devin, these two old men, you know, Devin uh, admitted that he had more coaching <laughs> offers than he did yes. playing offers before the season started. And he's out here jacking up 11 shots, going two for five from three, scoring 13 points. Like, you know, he and JJ just though these two, like you said, the ice climbers, these two old men, they need each <laughs> other to survive. Uh, you know, they, they huddle together to, to keep them with their body, their body heat to stay alive. And man, they just, they work so well together. They keep that second unit um, active and they scrape and they fight and they get, you know, they, they sucker players into, you know, pushing off and getting stupid fouls against them. I mean, they're, they're, they are so fun to watch. Like when, when we talk about, well, Rick loves his vets. Like you kind of look at these two guys and you're going to go, well, I get that. Like, look at how they play. They play so smart. They play so heady. Uh, I mean, there are games where Devin can't hit, you know, can't make the a shot if, you know, he couldn't throw it in the ocean. Uh, tonight wasn't one of those nights, but yeah, I, that was one of the things that, that honestly kind of sincerely bummed me out at the end of the game. I was like, man, we wasted a good JJ game. You know, I mean, we obviously yeah. had Lucas potentially his best game of the season so far, but then we also had a really good JJ game and we just couldn't squeak it out there at the end. Uh, just too many easy back at, uh, baskets, not enough um, interior defense, giving up too many kind of you know easier shots to to the to the Clippers, and so that was kind of a bummer. Definitely. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, let's talk about what went wrong in this game besides that stretch because there's a couple other things that we need to discuss. All right, Bo. DeAndre Jordan's defense. <laughs> oh, no. That's where we're going. Defense. <laughs> <laughs> something else, man. He had 22 boards He had twenty two boards tonight, which is massive. He had four assists. Yeah. Uh, he had zero turnovers, which is a thing that we've been harping on a lot is yeah, if you're going to be a good passing big man, if you're going to, you know, make these plays, don't turn the ball over because you're not a high usage player. Uh, he did those things. He had seven offensive rebounds, which is awesome. He was getting, you know, shots in the paint, which is, is great. He had a couple that were uh, last second shots that, you, you know, you don't really want to see him have to take, but uh, he's getting, he's getting shots in the paint. It's what, it's what we want. Getting those really close, you know, around the rim with, with a guy that is smaller than him on him. But, yep. but man, just, he got dunked on by Montrez Harrell tonight. I felt like that was really indicative of his defense so far this season. And uh, talk hoops, Zach Harper had a tweet earlier. Uh, he quote tweeted a Clippers writer that said, DeAndre rarely gets crammed on like that monster dunk by Montrez Harrell. And Zach Harper quote tweeted and said, he, he he's rarely in position to get dunked on anymore. Yeah, this is a great, this is a great quote. Cause that is exactly what it is. He's yeah. making business decisions and he's trying not to be on a poster and he doesn't get in the way of, uh, guys coming to the rim anymore. Even if it's guards, it seems like he just doesn't get in the way of uh, of you know these guards coming to the rim anymore, or guys like Montrezl either. It's just it's frustrating to watch. All right, so let me ask you a question, Nick. I know you watch every game. I know you watch them closely and in detail. And then I, I know all the Mavs pods, including yours and mine, we talk a lot about this issue with his interior defense and you know switching and lack of foot speed and lack of movement and lack of even like you know just extending your arm just raise your arm up just go vertical he doesn't do that sometimes raise your arm so yeah just just lift your <laughs> you're, you're very tall and your arms are very long yeah. just put them up and it makes the shot harder to make um so so it's from what i'm hearing you say and i want to get this confirmed do you feel like it's a combination of these things one of these things or primarily one of these things do you feel like it's age is it apathy is it awareness 
Like, I mean, what, what is it that, you know, does he just, is like you said, is it a business decision? He's literally deciding I'm not going to defend that, that ball. I'm going to let them get a layup so I don't get a foul or so I don't look stupid. Or like, what do you like? I, I'm asking you to play mind reader. So pull out the magic eight ball that's, that's on your desk, I'm sure. And just, you know, like, what do you, what do you think is, is going into this? Is it a combination of those things or is it one thing predominantly? Why is he so often in the wrong position? Why, why is he so rarely making the effort play? Like, no. He makes the effort play for the rebound, and we've all made jokes about that. He will go after every rebound, and he gets them. He's a, he's a he's one of the greatest rebounders of all time. Like it's not it's not uh, crazy to say that. Um, but what what is it that's leading to this lackadaisical defensive effort, or what appears to be a lackadaisical effort? It's a great question. It's a great long question. It was a long it's question. A great, it's a great question, though. I, I I have to think that a lot of it is effort. I, okay. I think that he can and is able to do these things maybe some of his foot speed at this point but it's not like he's 34 35 you know he's what is he 30 30 i think he's 30 he just turned 30 yeah, yeah. um you have to think that well i i know that from talking to some some people that they cover the, cover the clippers and our clippers fans that he the help defense is something that he just didn't do in la anyway and maybe that's just something that he didn't do in the last year um because they weren't as good of a team last year the clippers weren't Mm-hmm. Um, but he just did, doesn't do that as well. Uh, he doesn't help on defense very much, and that was something that he brought over from the Clippers. So there's the, that's the help defense. He's just not somebody that does that. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. I, then you then you question is that the same question is that effort again? Is that awareness? Is that you know may, defense? You have to have that, like you said before, that dog mentality. That that yeah. Draymond Green. I'm going to affect every single person on this play. Um, have you seen there's a, a clip going around Reddit? It goes around Reddit every once in a while of Draymond defending all five all five players on a defensive possession. <laughs> he just he that. literally just travels around to each player. It's uh, the Warriors. I think it was last year. The Warriors were doing all the switching and they had all their switchy guys out there. And it just so happened that Draymond had to switch on literally every player that w- that had the ball. And it was every different player on on the floor Oh, that's awesome and he defends all of them and he he gets in there and he shows the effort and uh we've seen this with players we've seen dennis when dennis smith jr puts effort on the defensive end he can be a you know a solid defensive player we've seen that and i think that's true with that with all players with all players if you put the effort on defense if you put the the effort with the tools that deandre has i believe that he can be and he was the defensive player of the year at one point and it just seems like it's it's lacked ever since and man it's it's tough um man yeah <laughs> it's just it, tough it to is see. A, it's a bummer because like you said like he he's great you know rim finishing dunks he's a you know he's a great lob catcher uh he's he's a absolutely world-class rebounder um but in this league you know in the, in today's nba um you you have to have your big protect the paint you have to have them be able to to hedge and to switch at least a little bit, um, and if they're not great at switching, they have to be like world class shot blockers, paint protectors, you know, something like that. And he's he just I mean I have in my notes here, uh, and I, I'm obviously a big Maxi Kleber you know proponent and fan, but like when we don't have Maxi in there, we don't have any interior protection. We just don't have any interior defense, and um, 
I mean, like you, like you have said, it via via reputation alone with DeAndre. Right. I, right. I, I think there are some times when when players don't drive into the paint because he's just standing there. He's, you know, just, he's just there. He's it, just a big old dude. Yeah. But that's the same thing I say about about Dirk's defense is that if he's in the right position, if he's there, he's going to he's going to alter shots. He's going to be if he's in the right position, he's still uh, a viable defender just by standing still and being large. But that's the same thing I say about forty one year old. You know, or a forty-year-old Turk. So I, we should be saying better things about former defensive player of the year, former All Defensive Team. Right, no, that, that, that's true. Thirty-year-old versus forty-year-old. Yeah, absolutely. Guy who gets paid to be in the paint versus guy who gets paid to shoot perimeter shots. Exactly. Yeah, it's definitely let's, different. Let's end the podcast by. I want to get your take on this whole and uh, everybody's talking about it on Twitter right now. Dirk and Maxi. If you have to choose, if if the whole idea of this rotation is you have to choose one of them. If you have to choose bringing Dirk back and trying to integrate him back into the lineup, trying to get him some minutes, trying to you know bring him back into the fold, or playing Maxi, or playing Maxi in this weird you know half game kind of situation. What do you do? Because as a Mavs fan, of course, I'm, I'm assuming you want Dirk to come back. But sure. also as a Mavs fan, you're thinking, I also want to win games. And I don't think Dirk is helping you win games right now. No, yeah, Dirk is definitely a net negative right now. You're, um, you're, trying to get, you're trying to get to the point where Dirk can help you win games. I still believe that he can do that. Sure, yeah. I, I believe that a lot of people still think that. And, of course, the Mavericks probably still think that he can do that. But bringing him back to that point is going to take some time, and it might you know, impact some games on the way. Yeah. So, so am I, am I, do I have to choose between how they're doing it now or, or like, uh, is it, is it Dirk or Maxi? Is that my question? Dirk or Maxi? I don't, or I don't know it, if it's Dirk or bust, you know, like, is it, yeah. is it you know, br- try to bring back Dirk or he doesn't play at all. I, I don't, I don't know, but w- what is your opinion on it? Well, I mean, just personally, and I don't know what the, what the stats would say about this. I would personally give more of Powell's minutes to Dirk. Like I think I think Dirk when he's on the floor desperately needs a rim protector next to him, and that's not Powell. Uh, I, mean, I I I like a lot of what Powell brings, especially on the offensive end and on effort. But he's just not a rim protector, and and he and Dirk standing next to each other um, is going to be really really rough in the paint. I know last year they were really good. Last year they were both really healthy. Uh, where Dirk is just you know so so slow right now. He's always slow, and he's been slow the last several seasons. He's mummy mummy slow right now. Uh, I I would really try to if if the goal is to win games and I'm assuming it is then you should play Maxi Kleba you should try to squeeze minutes wherever you can for Maxi Kleba because he will help you win games more than than Dirk will at this point and, and I think that's just statistically a fact. So then you either hold off on trying to bring Dirk back. Yeah, I don't know if that's an option. I mean, he's back. Like, I mean. I don't know what they would say. Like, oh, we're just gonna, you know, get him on the treadmill a little bit more. They can do the whole. They can do the whole. Well, he had a setback, and you're gonna have to uh, sit him for a while. And yeah, and sure. Isaac has said several times he's talked with, you know, with people with Dirk, and Dirk does not want to be the reason why his team is losing games. And yeah. I, and I don't think he is. Isaac wouldn't say that he's he's lo- the reason why the Mavericks are losing games either. But these games are coming down to such close margins that you need every single moment on the floor to be positive. And if you're, oh, yeah. if you're not getting into a rhythm with that unit, um, it's a, it's a negative. There are many more. We've already talked about them. We've already mentioned all the other negatives. So don't come at me and saying that, you know, I'm not saying Dirk is the reason why they're losing games, but he is, you know, not being positive in these games. And, uh, it's, it's a problem. It's something everybody's talking about right now. And Rick has a real uh, conundrum before him because Dwight Palton, six minutes, Dirk, five minutes, Sala, eight minutes, Maxi, seven minutes. Like, 
And obviously, uh, DeAndre's going to, you know, I, I would play DeAndre less and, and give more of those minutes to Maxi. by the way. Uh, DeAndre played 32, so that's about what he's been playing, around 30, 32. Um, but, I mean, so you're giving these other guys that are coming off the bench just a, just five and six and seven minutes. Like, is that even really Did enough? Did Dwight to, only play six minutes tonight? I know. Dwight, six minutes tonight. That's yeah, so absolutely. weird so looking. Only, only took two shots, played six minutes. Yeah, it's wild. That's, he got completely so you, benched for Salah. <laughs> yeah, you, you can just see that, like, Rick is trying to figure out which bigs to play. Like, he's, during the game trying to figure it out. You, you can just look at these at this, you know, playing time and kind of see that he's he's just reaching for something. He doesn't have the answer right now. Uh, I think I think the answer, at least in large part, would be a healthy Maxi Kleba getting more minutes than he's been getting. I, I don't think it's good for a young player who really needs to establish himself in the league to only be playing the second half of games. That's very and like you said tonight, only came in the fourth quarter. And so that that's that's strange when all of the stats will tell you the Maxi's a very positive influence when he's on the court for this team. Definitely. I'm still not seeing any quotes coming in, and we're now a good bit of time after the game. It's, this, is, right. this is very odd. I'm, I'm interested to see, to hear what happened with the uh, the post-game. Thing Dirk was... We still haven't seen, but... Carlisle was just shooting them laser eyes, and they, they didn't ask any questions. <laughs> Which you can do sometimes, but you still got to uh, ask the questions. And, and Absolutely. You got to raise that hand, man. You got to get that question out there. All right, Bo. Well, this has been another frustrating night for the Mavericks, but there are definitely positives. Luka is a positive. J.J. Bray oh, is yeah. a positive. DeAndre's rebounding is a positive. Uh, Harrison Barnes is shooting really well in catch-and-shoot threes. Uh, he, he, just, he was killing it on catch and shoot until I jinxed him in the, <laughs> in the third quarter, but uh, was shooting well. Uh, he's six of fourteen from the field. Uh, he had a couple of decisions late that were not that great, but uh, other than that, his game was good. Wes Matthews had another ten percent game at the end where he was making <laughs> some bad decisions uh, and fell. Oh for four from three tonight too, which is rough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need him to hit threes. There you go. That's it. Let's end it. I want to be done. I don't want to talk, I don't want to talk about this game anymore. <laughs> done. Uh, tell, every, this thing away. tell everybody where they can find you and how they can listen to your podcast. Yeah, our pod is called The OP Pod. You can find us on – or just The OP. You can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on SoundCloud. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and follow us there. Uh, you can find me at Twitter or on Twitter at Mavs Highlights. Uh, and I would uh, love to talk Mavs with you. Definitely hit him up and go listen to his podcast. That's good. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On Mavs. Peace out. Wow. Boom. Boom.